Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little Gator Gap as Florida Gators fall to the Georgia Bulldogs. Thinking about this. Kirby Smart's now 5-1 and one in his last six showdowns with the Florida Gators. Vis-a-vis, Gators are 1-5. Last six games against Georgia. What's that gap look like? And why the talent level, you can see it on the field this past weekend. It's closer, though. Uh, Billy Napier, not next year, two years from now, can get back there. And I'm going to tell you the steps that he's already taken this year, even though they're only 500. And you can see it if you just... At least look at things from a blimp perspective. Also, college football playoff. First top six or top 25, depending on how you want to look at top four. Next two out. It's a built drama showcase for the next month. And look, I I dig it. Why not? It's never what it is in four weeks and it is week one. So that's cool. I get it. Um, I'm going to tell you who the top four should be. And by looking at it, where I think the top four is headed when it's all said and done. So we're going to look at that as well. Also, by looking at that, college football contenders. Two weeks ago, Harp on Sports of the Bar podcast told you that there were 22 teams with no losses or one loss that still had a chance to make the college football playoff. Two weeks, we went from 22 to 13. We're now down to 13 teams, no losses or one loss. So we're going to tell you who they are. And what their path realistically looks like. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. You can hit us up as well. Harp on Sports Facebook page. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. And of course, HarpOnSports.com. Okay, where to begin? This Billy Napier thing. Stabilizing and establishing the culture is year one. Stabilizing the program culture. What is it? Players haven't gotten in trouble. Some have bought in. Some haven't. And this team, you know, beat Utah in week one and everybody lost their minds, thought this was a 10-win team. What did we say at the beginning of the year? I went back through and looked at my predictions. I had Miami 8-4. and four. I had... Florida State 8 and 4 and I had Florida 7 and 5. I'm going to be pretty close. I'm going to be pretty close when it's all said and done. Why? It's just a realistic approach for anybody that comes in and is changing a culture. When you come in and change a culture, you don't go 10 and 2. Not out of the gate. And Anthony Richardson has been okay. He gets hurt all the time. And he's 4 and 4 now. And I look at this final slate of games at A&M winnable. Home to South Carolina winnable. At Vandy, winnable. At Florida State, winnable. This team can go eight and four. This team can also go five and seven. Vandy's the one that they're going to win no matter what. I shouldn't say no matter what. Vandy's the one they're going to win. But you screw around and this team could go five and seven. You bet they could lose to AM and then be clawing and scraping against South Carolina here. You bet they could. But where they are right now, I think this is a 7-5 and five football team, which puts them where? In Vegas, I see different projections. Vegas, Las Vegas Bowl against Washington. Okay. That's probably going to be an 8-4 and four football team they go up against. Or 
Could end up in the Gator Bowl. I've seen that too. Could play the likes of Notre Dame. That'd be interesting. So we'll see. see can you play Minnesota in the Gator Bowl? Oh, okay. I think that's where this year is, and that's fine. That's fine. And, you know, I, I, I think that he's a good football coach. He's a solid football coach. I, I tried to write down a couple things here. What he reminds me of, or at least who I, I take a step back. Okay. He reminds me a little bit of like this. He reminds me a lot of what Brian Kelly was doing at Notre Dame when he started. Come in. All right. <laughs> From what we had with Charlie Weiss and what we had before that, you know, Tyrone Willingham. I, yeah. He's on the field, off the field. Got to combine those things. Took him a while to stabilize it. Now, recruiting is a big thing. And where Billy Napier is right now, I, I was looking, depending on what service that you use, he's anywhere between eight and 12. That's okay. He needs to be. No, he doesn't. Billy Napier needs to be in a top 12 recruiting class this year. Because if you're a good football coach, the whole coach them up thing, if you have, and look, really, what's the difference between six and 11, right? If, if you can get in there, or six and 12, if you can get in there anywhere between eight to 12, if you're Napier. Think about where you would feel if this Florida team finished this season ranked in the top 12. You'd be pretty good with it, right? So that's that establishment of a class. Okay, when you're in, the, in years past, when you're back at 18, 22, you're back there floating around. It's tough to get those guys up into a top 10 recruiting class. Here right now, Florida has a better recruiting class than Oregon, right? Tennessee, Southern Cal, Ole Miss, Illinois. I'm giving you teams that are legit title contender or conference champion contenders. These are all top 20 teams. So I know I expect Georgia got to get up there, Alabama. Yeah, but you, you can't do that yet. The Florida football program is a program right now. And you, everybody wants to run a, what's it? A six minute mile. I'm going to run a six minute mile. Well, if you're huffing and puffing at 820, you got to work your way up to six in Florida right now is somebody that's 15, 20 pounds overweight. That's running an eight minute mile. Well, we got to get to seven and a half before we get to seven, before we get to six and a half to six. You just can't run out there and do that. If you're going to bench, I'm going to bench 250 pounds. Okay. You just can't go out there and do it. You're going to have to work up to it, build up to it. So like I said, what Billy Napier is doing this year, if you can go seven and five, get to a bowl game, get a chance to win, have a top 12 recruiting class. That's a successful season. It's a good year in year one. And then it's incremental moves, right? So, you know, you look at the seven and five, maybe an eight and four, nine and three next year. That's how you start to build this thing. You win games that last year, you know, you look forward a year and look back and say, okay, we can win the Kentucky game this year. Um, coming up here, you know, we, you know, we beat Utah boy, beating Utah out there is going to be a challenge. It's going to be a team that could lose to Utah next year and still be a better football team. It just takes time to do this. There's no quick fix. So it's like getting back in shape. It's like, you know, like remodeling a house. It takes time. Try to do all this stuff in a day? No way. He's got to put himself in position, and that's what he's doing. He's establishing, again, year one, stabilize the program, set a standard of culture. You have top 10 recruiting classes, you should have a top 10 team. Top 12 recruiting classes, you you know, <laughs> coach them up, there you go. That's when you have top five recruiting classes and you don't end up ranked is where you have problems, right? Got, I, th I think as long as you have a top 10 recruiting class, you have a chance to, to compete for a national championship. You do. So we'll see. So there's where we are with that Gator gap. It Look, Georgia thumped them, pulled away. You know, Florida's competitive in the fourth quarter. It reminded me so much of Dan Mullen's first year. It, it, it's going to take some time. Going to take some time. All right. Pivoting from that to this. College football playoff. 
We're going to get our first poll. I like that they wait till like the first week in November. It would be funny if they did it all year. Everybody would lose their minds. But now you've got a little bit of a formula. We have six, right? Six unbeaten teams left. Seven teams with one loss. I went through and did it for you. Two weeks ago, we talked about this. What are we going to do this chaos? If you want chaos, you want everybody to win. Chaos is created by teams winning, not by teams losing. Upsets create chaos. No, they don't. Winning creates chaos. Why? Two weeks ago, we had 22 teams with no losses or one loss. 20, think about this. Two weeks ago, we had 12 teams that hadn't lost yet. I think 13 teams that hadn't lost yet. Two weeks ago, we had 22 teams, one loss, no losses. Now what do we have? We're down to 13. In the span of 14 days, we went from 22 teams that were undefeated in one loss down to 13. And after this weekend, we're going to be down to, what, 11? Every week, there's about two more that go away. And then at the end, you're debating three one-loss teams for the fourth spot. That's how this works. It's really how it works. So I went through and looked at it. Your Power 5 conferences. It, look, there's no Cincinnati this year, or at least Tulane's got a loss, but no, nobody's cracking the top four from the non-Power 5. So Clemson, undefeated. North Carolina, a loss. ACC. Clemson got to play Notre Dame in South Bend this weekend, too. Um, Pac-12. USC, UCLA, Oregon, all with a loss. Big 12, TCU undefeated. And TCU may have the best chance of going undefeated of any of the teams that are left. Ohio State, Michigan, Illinois from the Big Ten. Ten, SEC's got four, which is amazing, considering all these teams play each other uh, within their own divisions. The big marquee matchups haven't collided yet. You know, we haven't had Ole Miss, Alabama, one loss undefeated, those two teams. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee, undefeated. So we're starting to get to that, where we had, like, Penn State, Ohio State last week. So those are your teams. Those are your 13 teams. Those are the 13 teams that can be in those four spots. So as we sit here, oh my God, we have chaos. Not really. We got 13 teams, four spots. And we know Clemson and North Carolina have to play each other. USC, UCLA, and Oregon all have to play each other. TCU's kind of the one that's sitting out on the wings. And I think they have the best chance to go undefeated just because of what they have coming up. They still have to go to Texas, but every other game other than that, they'll be at least a seven-point favorite. Ohio State, Michigan have to play each other. Michigan, Illinois have to play each other. And I mentioned the other one, so this chaos, chaos, chaos is not going to happen. You never have chaos, ever, ever. It happens by five undefeated conference champions. You can't have that, can you? No, because USC, UCLA, Oregon, at least one of those have a loss. You'd have four undefeated conference champions, and that makes it easy. So everybody wanted chaos. You get to it by multiple teams keep winning. We keep winning, keep winning. Not teams keep losing. <laughs> teams keep losing. You start knocking them off one by one. So what do we have? Well, I don't know in terms of one-loss clashes, but we're going to have Alabama and Ole Miss playing. That'll not go, That's automatically going to take you down to 12. I'm trying to think of every scenario that you can get to. USC, UCLA, Oregon have to play each other. That's going to get you to 10. Michigan has to play Illinois. I guess if Michigan, Illinois could beat Michigan, they would each have a loss then. Ohio State, Michigan could then beat Ohio State, but Illinois would then have to play at least one team with a loss, right? So that gets you to nine. It's possible at the end of the year, the way this plays out, it, 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 there's no scenario. The, the fewest of these 13 that you can have with no losses or one loss is eight. Eight, just because of the matchups that are left here. So you have 13 teams with no losses or one loss. The fewest you could have at the end of the year with no losses or one loss is eight. So now you're debating four, five teams for one spot. That's That's best case scenario. That's no upsets. That's just... The law of transitive properties. This happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. That's just teams playing each other. Those 13 are going to cannibalize themselves down to eight. At, at, the, at, the, at the 
if everything goes perfect, which it won't. So I look at it like this. As, as we get ready for this first poll, you know, I was sitting here thinking, you know, eyeball test, rankings, all of those things, uh, top 25 wins. This is where I have it right now, right now. I have Bama at seven because, and Bama won't be at seven. Bama's going to be in the top, Bama's going to be in the top six. They just are when this thing comes out. I would have them at seven. Uh, they lost to Tennessee on the road. They can play themselves back into it, right? They beat LSU. Okay, now you got my attention. Then they beat Ole Miss on the road. They can work themselves back into this. They probably have the best loss in the country, though, right? At Tennessee. Of all the losses, one loss teams have the best loss in the country. So I got Bama at seven. I got Clemson at six. I hesitated to put Clemson here. You could flip these and I wouldn't. You're not going to get much of a, a gripe out of me. Clemson really hadn't done much. They survived. And I think what hurts Clemson is they struggled so much with Syracuse at home and then Notre Dame just boat raced Syracuse. But then, you know, you have Syracuse, you have Clemson, Notre Dame this weekend. This will go a long way. Look, Notre Dame wins. I think the ACC's out of it. Now, you can still have a Clemson... North Carolina showdown, and what's funny about that is Clemson and North Carolina both may finish 11-1 and and both of their losses do a down Notre Dame. But Alabama 7, Clemson 6, and Clemson's up here more for namesake than anything else. I've really done much. Um, Five's TCU. I have TCU 5. TCU, you know, what Kansas State did to Oklahoma State and the fact that TCU beat that team and TCU sitting there 8-0, yeah, they had their hands full this weekend with West Virginia. They weren't great, hence why they're not in the top four. So I, I look at what they've done and how they're just kind of hanging around right now, and they've got four games to go, and then they get the Big 12 championship, probably a rematch with Kansas State. I think TCU's in pretty good shape. But you saw at West Virginia, oh my. But what do they have? They have Texas Tech coming up. They have Iowa State coming up. They've got games that they're going to win. So the, the, to me, the last team's got a shot to beat TCU during the regular season. At Texas. So I got TCU five. I have Michigan four. Ohio State three. And the difference of this is, yeah, Ohio State, Michigan dominated Penn State at home. Ohio State struggled, but beat Penn State on the road. You know, dominating at home as opposed to struggling on the road, I give more credence to road wins than home wins. And Ohio State poured it out in the fourth quarter. They flipped the switch when they had to. That burst. I think these two teams are close, but I've got Michigan four, Ohio State three. Georgia 2, and Tennessee 1. So, if I were on the committee, which I should be, uh, Tennessee would be playing Michigan and Georgia would be playing Ohio State. But I got TCU 5, Clemson 6, Bama 7. And I said, you could you could flip Bama and Clemson and be fine with that. The, to me, those are the seven legit contenders. Then you've got six out there kind of lurking. Six out there that are lurking. Um, Oregon, obviously, is a different team at this point. But you have all three Pac-12 teams. And... As far as I'm concerned, you know, those three Pac-12 teams, you could stack them up next. They can be 8, 9, 10. You can go USC, Oregon, UCLA. They, they can be 8, 9, 10 in this scenario. And then, I, you know, I look around and there's just Ole Miss 11, North Carolina 12, Illinois 13. Now, look, I think you'll probably have a two-loss LSU that'll be in front of one of these teams, especially with a win. And that that's kind of like that elephant over in the corner that nobody's talking about, that when you look at it, Illinois has Michigan, and they're going to play the Michigan Ohio State winner again. So they've got they've got some big dogs coming up. Nobody has things in their lap more than LSU. They host Alabama and they host Ole Miss. So here you are, your LSU. You get Ole Miss and Bama at home. LSU can win the West. 
LSU beats Alabama. The wet Alabama's done. LSU beats Alabama this weekend. Alabama's pretty much done. Because remember, one of LSU's losses is to Florida State out of conference. So LSU beats Bama. They'll have a one-game lead on Bama and have the head-to-head. So basically, they have a two-game lead on them. Boy, that's interesting, isn't it? So this time, Alabama can be out of the SEC West running the first week of November. Um, we'll see. Uh, really quick, we've got, <laughs> we've got a month to go in the college football season, four or five weeks. And... I think your Heisman, there's about six guys that can win this Heisman right now. I think there's about six guys that can win it. It's so interesting to me. Um, you know, you got the guys that are kind of out there lurking on the outside. Is Dugan from TCU? His numbers are very comparable to Hendon Hooker. So, boy, if TCU goes undefeated, he's going to be right there in the thick of things. I don't think he can win it just because those other guys are going to have big clashes on national TV. Ohio State's playing Michigan. Of course, you're going to have Tennessee and Georgia and then maybe Tennessee and Alabama again. And uh, Hen Hooker's going to have that stage in front of him. Bryce Young is going to have that stage in front of him week in and week out. Gets marquee opponents. What's going to hurt Dugan at TCU is that they don't play. I mean, they don't have that stage. So right now I've got these guys, I think, are, you know, got Duggan at TCU, quarterback, Hendon Hooker, C.J. Stroud. Hooker, 2,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, one pick. C.J. Stroud, 2,300. He's thrown for 40 more yards. C.J. Stroud has, he's got 29 touchdowns, eight more touchdowns, three more picks. Could you imagine sitting there going, 29 touchdowns and four picks? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that guy's got 21 and one. It's just extremely impressive. Um, and the guy that I think can make it interesting when it's all said and done is Blake Corum running back from Michigan. Why? He's got over a thousand yards. He's got 14 touchdowns. So, you know, you look at it from this perspective, that dude ends up with about 18, 1900 yards and 23, 24 touchdowns at Michigan. They're undefeated. He's going to be right there in the thick of things too. But the issue that you're going to have here is, you know, you got two sec quarterbacks, a big 10 quarterback and a big 10 running back. That's four TCU quarterback five. I don't, I, I think that's probably about it. And C.J. Stroud's really going to have to get moving. C.J. Stroud's going to have to have C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's fine. Bryce Young's going to have to get moving here. Um, 1,900 yards, 18-3. and three. He just doesn't have those numbers right now that the other guys have because he missed a game. So if C.J. Stroud can have like one of those 350-yard passing, 100-yard rushing, four-touchdown performances against LSU, bam, here we go. That's how I lay that out right now. So got a month to go, got a long way to go. Like I mentioned, Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan, or college football playoff for me right now. Number one, Tennessee. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Ohio State. Number four, Michigan. Five, TCU. Six, Clemson. Seven, Alabama. What do I think? What's going to happen when it's all said and done? When it's all said and done, I think number one is Ohio State. I think number two is Alabama. I think Alabama's going to navigate their way through. Number two is Alabama. I think number, boy, it gets really, really wonky here. I do. I, I think number three ends up being Clemson. And I think number four ends up being Georgia. So I think Alabama beats an undefeated Georgia in the SEC title game. So when it's all said and done, this is what I think right now. I think number one ends up being Ohio State. Number two ends up being Alabama. Number three ends up being Clemson. Number four ends up being Georgia. So you have Ohio State, Georgia out of the gate and Alabama, Clemson. At least that's what I see right now. And I think Alabama, I think Clemson and TCU are interchangeable. So I think where we go. So the team I have number one right now, I have not making it. 
Harp on Sports, the bar podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, Twitter at Harp on Sports, Instagram, Harp on Sports, the bar, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple podcast, Harp on Sports, Facebook page, Harp on Sports, YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Happy Halloween. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.